Hey wrestling fanatics, welcome to the Queen's Takeover. Thank you for joining us as we continue to take over the podcast world. It's your girl Kat, aka the Texas Sports Queen. We also have the Carolina Boss Lady Kayla. Hola. And our resident Jester Jolie. Sup. Oh, we have a fun episode today for you folks. Okay, so... For this past month in April, um, our Carolina boss lady on the EDF wrestling Twitter has been doing like a, her own little countdown of like wrestling couples. And so I've always wanted to get like a wrestling couple on the show and everything. So, um, yeah, well, I mean, yes, of course, we, we can't get like some of the big names from like WWE and um WWE and AEW and everything but of course it's like we love our indie wrestlers and everything so we've invited back a friend of the show Casey Catal and her husband Brandon Kirk welcome guys hello Hello. we definitely have not been talking for the last couple minutes this is our first interaction of the day oh Oh, shit (laughs) (laughs) would you leave the house when she was still sleeping or what (laughs) I had some hair in the store okay 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 well uh well definitely welcome to the show guys it's like uh casey it's good to see you again girl and actually congratulations because you just got a new championship last night saw yes thank you thank you i won the standalone women's championship i'm the first brunette to do it i just realized today so that is really exciting yeah is that an actual accolade you know what i'm gonna make my own data because that's uh all the girls got signed and they were all blondes and now we got our first brunette. So if I don't get signed after winning this belt, it's because of my hair color. Right? Ooh, noted, 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 <laughs> noted. There. There, stand, stand up for all the brunettes on all the brunettes there. Get yeah, it, girl. Okay. <laughs> all right. So yes, we have both of you on here, but of course, Casey, as you Casey, as you know. Anybody who's new to the show, we got to grill them a little bit, get a little background history. So <laughs> I hope you don't mind if we take a few minutes because we got to grill your husband a little bit. So um, uh, I'm going to turn this over to our grilling expert, Jolie. Hello. <laughs> I- I'll be nice. I'll be nice. Okay. I mean, she-, she already knows that I'll let her borrow my Louisville slugger whenever she wants. So um, everybody here knows that I've been in wrestling since 1985. I'm showing my age, but. How did you get into becoming a wrestling fan? Me? Yes, you. This is oh, you. You're getting. Okay. You're yeah, this uh, is this is all this. These questions are all you at first because you're okay. new to the show. Uh, so a wrestling fan, you said, right? Yes, fan. Um, so my earliest memories of wrestling, uh, my dad, who is not really a wrestling fan, for whatever reason, had like a box full of um, like VH- VHS tapes at home, and just like of just random wrestling. So like random WCW VHS tapes and like old WWE pay-per-views and stuff like that. My first ever memory of wrestling was putting in a VHS tape of WrestleMania nine in Caesar's palace, which was not, you know, in hindsight, not the greatest WrestleMania, but it was my first ever like exposure to it. And as soon as I put it in, I was like, Oh my God, like, this is awesome. I love this. And like the first ever match or anything of wrestling that I ever saw was Shawn Michaels versus Tatanka, which was the opening match to that pay-per-view. And the first, as soon as I saw that match, I was like, I love this. This is awesome. And then just from then on, we're just watching constant just VHS tapes of old WWF, like, pay-per-views and WCW and stuff like that. Like, So that's really how I got into it. That's cool. Actually, I I actually have met Tatanka at a house show before. He's actually a pretty cool dude. I When I was, when I, early, in my early days of wrestling, when I 
I was maybe two or three years into the business. I was, you know, the young boy and I had to drive him to the airport once, which was a fun conversation. I mean, it was just cool just to, you know, sit in the car with him and take his brain, whatever, because he was very talkative and it was, you know, the middle of the night going to his, to, going to his hotel, but he loved to talk about wrestling. So it was a lot of fun. Yeah. So that's your story as a fan. Now, what made you want to pursue this as a career? Um, well, I guess I think I was probably a sophomore or junior in college. And one of my buddies at the time who I'm not currently friends with anymore was a wrestler. And, you know, one day I was just watching, you know, just because we were, you know, friends on Facebook and I saw on Facebook that he was posting, you know, his matches and stuff of him wrestling. I was like, you know, I want to do this. Like if he can do this and he's like, a buck fifty soaking wet and he's a tiny little kid and like I was like I can I could do this easily. Like I've been a fan my whole life and I was like I kinda wanna try this. So I just hit him up and you know he was like, Yeah, just come to the show or whatever on this day and you know, just come show up and see what happens. So I, I showed up and they let me get in the ring. I started training from there. So it's kind of how it works. <laughs> I didn't even know that. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Now where was this located at? Uh this was uh so probably um Early, so what, 2010 or 11, um, New Jersey indie wrestling was super carny. <laughs> it was all like these carny indie shows. And it was called NWS, National Wrestling Superstars. And uh, this was like all New Jersey. So they kind of ran all over the place. So that was, yeah, that's where I went. Oh, that's cool. So what has been your craziest match to date? Oh, what would you say? The Takeda match, I think? There's a lot. I've had a lot of crazy, stupid matches. Um, oh, don't worry. I have a question for you, Casey, after this one. Hold on. <laughs> um, I would say, I guess it, it's probably a tie between the death match that I had with Masashi Takeda from Japan. Um, that was probably like the bloodiest and most gruesome match that I've ever had. And when he broke a light tube in my mouth, it was the craziest thing that I, I was horrified Ooh. to do. Or that, or I guess the cage death match with Jimmy Lloyd. Uh, where I fell off the top of the cage through flaming panes of glass and barbed wire. Um, but yeah, I'd say it's a tie between us. Yeah. Okay, so now, Casey, which one of these matches has made you want to beat the crap out of him for doing such said match? Uh, well, for that Takeda match, he told me he wasn't going to do the light tube in the mouth thing, and I was in like the front row, and I saw it happen. I wasn't even concerned for his health. I was just pissed, because he was like, he told me he wasn't going to do it! But uh, I'm like... I'm so like desensitized well, to all of this. That's now. like his thing. Like Takeda's, I know his his thing. monitor, his big thing that he does is he breaks light tubes in people's mouths. And when I suggested it, I was like, "Hey, I'll do it if you want." And he was so excited. He's like, "All right, yeah, yeah, let's do it." I'm like, okay, I guess I got to do it now. <laughs> yeah, and then you had to go explain to your wife why you did that. And she uh, didn't yeah. kill you. Yes, <laughs> it was not a fun conversation. Dad. No, nope. never. In. So now, now I have a question for you. I'm going to just going off that. Any of her crazy matches that made you upset? Uh, trying to think, what was the craziest thing that you did? I don't know. I do a lot. <laughs> well, a lot. Of, <laughs> I guess a lot of the things <clears throat> and the crazy stuff that she's done or crazy matches that she's had have come from my brain and things that I've suggested that she do. Yes. <laughs> like, oh shit. Hundred <laughs> percent. You know, and it's nothing too crazy where I think that she's going to get hurt or something seriously bad is going to happen. But 
I guess, you know, the exploding barbed wire match that she did with, with Jimmy Lloyd, um, that was sort of my idea, I guess. <laughs> um, but I knew she was going to be okay because it's, it's, it's very safe to do. But that was the, the, the one match where I was watching with one eye open because I didn't want her to get hurt. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. It, I guess it's a little bit uh, nerve-wracking being a married couple in the wrestling when you watch them do all the crazy stunts. A little bit, yeah. I feel like I get more nervous when, like, Brandon wrestles and I when I actually wrestle because I'm just like, oh, I hope, first of all, he's, like, safe, and then I hope that it's good. So, you know, like, just for his sake, because I know how it feels, so I'm just always, like, freaking out. Well, the, the one fire, the fire bump that I did was probably, I mean, I don't oh, know about you, bad. but that was the most scared that I've ever been to do anything when Danny DeMonto at ICW threw me off of the balcony onto uh, boards that were on fire. That was, like, probably the most fire and that I've ever done. And I legitimately caught on fire. My shoulder was engulfed in flames for about five seconds. And I was managing him. And I was mortified. I was managing him in that match, but I had already taken a move. And the way I sold it, I wasn't facing towards where he was like landing. And I didn't know he was going to do it. So I just heard people like, he's on fire. He's on fire. And I'm like, I can't look up. And I'm like, what do you mean he's on fire? Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> so stupid. Okay, so do you have a dream opponent and uh, or a tag partner in any brand, any company, anywhere? Um, I do have a couple dream opponents, and two of them are actually happening this year. One of them is Tommy Dreamer, because um, I've known Tommy for a long time, and I'm, I get to wrestle him in May, which I'm super stoked about, because I love nice. Tommy. Nice. Um, and then uh, the other one is Psycho Clown. Psycho Clown, the guy from, um, he's in AAA, right? AAA in Mexico, who I also get to wrestle in July. So two of my dream matches are happening this year. So I'm You just announced one super- match that wasn't well, announced. it's yet. okay. It's okay. It'll, it'll... <laughs> if it doesn't happen, you may be here. I don't know. Who, I don't, maybe I'll get to wrestle him. I don't know. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Yeah, yeah we'll see. Uh, wait, where's the uh, Tommy Dreamer match going to be? That one is in... Um, that's standalone also. That one's in what, Brick? Uh, I'm not, somewhere in New Jersey. Somewhere in New Jersey. It's I May think... 22nd for standalone wrestling. Yeah. So. Uh, Jolie, that's your area. <laughs> yeah, but I have to work. Uh... <laughs> well, no, I'm, I'm actually, because I'm taking the Saturday off prior to that, I'm getting my second Moderna shot. Um, uh... so I get to be fully vaccinated, but <laughs> apparently, um, the second shots are worse. And I was already feeling like crap when I got the first shot. So I'm taking off of work that night just to be safe. So I don't have to drive and not feel well. So I'd say we but, have to be lucky because we got, we got both of our second shots and we didn't really feel any. So well, I didn't feel any side effects. She felt a little, I felt like chills, a little cruddy the next That's day, it. but yeah. yeah, we got very lucky. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm just, I wouldn't rather be safer than sorry because, oh, yeah. you know, I do have to drive a half an hour to and from work. So it's like round trip. It's an hour. Yeah. So it's like, you know what? I'm just going to take the day off. Maybe we'll do something because my birthday's that week as well. So yeah. maybe we'll do something. And then what fast lanes that Sunday. And I get to be, we'll record after that on that Sunday. Yeah. So I should be hopefully feeling better by then. Yeah. Now, do you do any of the, um, his when he does uh, like Keystone or Wizard World, like the um, comic, like a House of Hardcore. Do you do any of that stuff with Tommy at all? I haven't done House of Hardcore. I've wanted to. Um, I've talked to him about it a little bit, but I don't know how much he's. Is he still running House of Hardcore? He hasn't been really. I running. don't think it's running yeah. right now, but 
I'm assuming when he comes back, he'll probably hit me up to do it, which I would love to. I would love. Well, to do. that's why you got to be really good in this yes. match and like, yes. you know, kill it with him, and then he'll be like, oh, and he loves me. When I broke my nose, he was the first person to like come over and be like, I need to bring you to the hospital. So. Aww. Yeah, he's the best. It depends on the, my dad all the time. It depends on the mood he's in that day. He's just a grumpy old man, and oh I just love to, to annoy the shit out of him. So that's true. That's true. Okay. Oh man. Yeah, no, because I I know uh, oh I know Keystone Comic Con in New York or in Pennsylvania or Philly is not happening this year. They they canceled that. So I think it'll, it'll probably be back next year because that's what House of Hardcore is actually tied into is the Keystone Comic Con, and that's how I got to so fun. I've done a few of them. They were like the most fun things ever. They're like a long day, but it was like, they love that. I, Tommy hates doing the Comic Con. Tommy hates everything. He's just like, he's a grumpy old man. If you're listening to this, Tommy, you're a grumpy old man. He's, he's, he's probably just jealous of all the people in costumes and, you know, all looking cool and more badass than he is. <laughs> No, I love Tommy Dreamer. He's a total sweetheart. Um, yes. I don't know if I told you this story, but like I met him back in 2004 at a house show in uh, Newark, Delaware, at the University of Delaware. And he came in the ring, you know, he stood up against Elijah Burke, who was bullying a little girl, brought the girl in the ring, you know, and all the heel or the face factions gave her her t-shirt. They took her in the back to meet the wrestlers. And after the show, I said, thank you. And he shook my hand and said, no, thank you for coming out because I love you guys for coming and seeing us do this. I, I thought that was the coolest thing ever. That's great. I love him. Yeah. All right. So your grilling session is now done. Yes. <laughs> you passed. I passed. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're a couple. Okay, so we're a couple weeks uh, removed from like WrestleMania and everything, and of course, like during the WrestleMania time, all the indies wrestlers and promotions they made their way down to Tampa. And both of you, both of you, uh, y'all had at least a couple events and everything. I know one of them was the Beer House one that uh, Tony Deppin pulled on, uh, put on, and everything. Um, and Casey, you actually that was a hell of a way to celebrate your thirtieth. <laughs> Another reason why most of my hair <laughs> fell out again, because the sugar in the cake. When I tell you, there was cake down my throat, so far down my nose, like I was blowing my nose and cake was coming out. Oh! I was up cake for like like two hours, and I was just like, it's in, it's deep. It got really yeah, deep. Yeah, into it was it. stuck in your hair for a few days. It was, too, yeah, even yeah. showering, like it wouldn't, it was like matted, all the sugar was like matted in my hair. Well, like two days later, we're like laying in bed. She's like, I still have cake Sprinkles, like sprinkles are just randomly come out of my hair. I mean, it's like, I saw the video where it's like, she put your face in it, but I didn't know it got that deep. It was like, oh. <laughs> I was like, launch me with that cake, girl, and she did. Ooh, shit. Okay, so um, so talk about yeah, so talk about like the overall weekend and everything. Like the uh, your besides that event, like what your experiences were like, and like just kind of give us a feel for like how it was down there. Um, I guess so. This was really the first um, mania weekend that I participated in. Um, so I've kind of like actively stayed away from it for the longest time. Or like I just didn't want to be around it. I just felt like it was like too much. And this year I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna it's go big or go home. Right. So I decided to take five bookings for that weekend, which some people had 11. Which I don't know world. Like Nolan Edward had 11 matches that weekend. I said, dude, I don't know how you're alive. Like I had five. And by the, after the fourth one, like you can tell everybody was looking at me like, dude, you look sick. Like, 
I was so burnt out and I was like legitimately getting sick. I was getting chills on the last night. So like the last match I just didn't do. Um, it was a lot. It's very grueling, especially when, you know, four out of the five matches that I had were death matches and it was just, it was a lot. So it was fun. I mean, it was fun. It was, a, it was a lot of fun. You know, it was great to get some exposure and, you know, um, have some great matches with some really, really good wrestlers, mm-hmm. but I will never again be taking five matches in a weekend. I think maybe, or maybe mental, three Or tops. preparing for it better. Cause like, even when we went, like, it was a lot because we didn't have a car. So like we had to Uber everywhere. Yeah. So you're, you know, taking another 30, 45 minutes out of your day. You know, you're planning around that. You're not really eating because, you know, you don't have a car to go food shopping. So when DoorDash right. come, it's great. When they don't, you know, it's like, okay, like we don't have time to eat. We don't really have water. We're not staying hydrated. So I feel like it's really good if you just really prepare around it, you know, but um, yeah. it was a really fun weekend. It was exhausting. Yeah, yeah it's, it's for sure exhausting. Like, it took me a week to finally recover from, recover from, it. from yeah. it. Ooh, damn. You know, one, I broke my nose against Simon Gosh. Um, so that was, what, on the second day? So yeah. the second day, I already had a broken nose, and I had three more matches to go after that. Yep. Um, I got a hole in my head, in the back of my head, from one of the matches. So it was rough. It was very rough. Yeah. Ouch. Uh, Casey, uh, how many uh, bookies did you have? So I had four. I was only wrestling on one, and then I was managing him on the other three. Okay. But what, the thing in ICW is that I basically cut a promo, get him heat, and then I take a stupid bump at the end and die. Um, that's usually how it goes, like the normal thing. And so the first night was already awful because I took a crazy bump, and I was just like, all right. Like, I'm already done. You know what I mean? And it's hard because some of the shows were at midnight. So, like, that's also, you know, when you're not getting sleep and you're not taking naps and you're not hydrated and then you're, like, doing a show at midnight, a deathmatch show at midnight. And, you know, it's, like, it's a lot. But, yeah, it was definitely good exposure, um, really good networking. Like, I feel like that's the exciting part of, like, the Mania Weeks It's like, the networking and meeting everyone. Right. Uh, So I think we took away a a lot of good from it. It was, yeah, it was very exhausting. Man. Okay. I, I, all right. I got to ask you this. Like what, what got, what got you into the death matches? I mean, I know, I know it's just like there's wrestling and then the death matches takes it like way other whole other levels. What actually got you into the death matches? Uh, well, I mean, I've always been a fan of it growing up. Um, like I basically grew up in the early days of CZW. So like, I've always loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not something that like when I first started, I was like actively pursuing. I never thought like, Oh yeah, I want to do, I want to, you know, go through glass and barbed wire for a living. It just wasn't in the cards at the time, but something that kind of fell into my lap. Um, at GCW, uh, I was, I think Jimmy Lloyd was supposed to be wrestling somebody in a no row barbed wire match. I don't remember who it was and they couldn't make the show. So Brett Lauderdale hit me up and was like, do you want to do this match? And it was no row barbed wire match. I was like, I, I mean, I, I guess I've never done anything like that before, but I'll try it out. And, you know, I did the match and I was like, I kind of like this. I mean, it hurt a lot, but like yeah. you know, when you get the, you know, the gratification of the crowd going crazy for you doing something wild and you're like, like, I could, I guess I could do this. Like, and then, you know, it just kind of, you know, snowballed from there. I just kept doing it. And, you know, it's, it's weird because, you know, obviously it's a very painful thing to do, but like, there's something about that rush that you get from when a crowd goes crazy for something insane that you just did that 
it's addicting. It's it's like a drug almost. It's it's very yeah. bizarre. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Speaking of being okay, talking about being prepared for mania and everything. On a scale of one to ten, how 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 excited were y'all when y'all found out WrestleMania next year was going to be in Dallas? You have no idea. <laughs> no idea. Like. It couldn't be any better. I'm just like, oh, we could go to a game over there. We could, you know, like, hopefully they're in town and this will be great. And, like, I don't think I'm going to leave. That's the problem is that I feel like once I get there, I'm not going to leave. Because I've been there. I went to the last Mania in Dallas, but I wasn't a Mass fan yet, so I didn't, like, appreciate it. And yeah. And now since we're going back, and I already love Dallas so much, like, you were screwed. Because I you not have to drag me out of that state. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> And then, like, so we have, we're going to be in San Antonio in, what, July for ICW? And she's like, or August, and she's like, Dallas is so close. It's four and a half hours away. It's a drive. It's I'm in Texas and everything, so it's like, from Dallas to San Antonio, it is a bit bit of a drive and everything. We're there for a weekend. Like, the last thing that I want to do is drive four and a half hours to dallas listen then you can go home and then i'll go to dallas does that work sure well but you also got to remember like in august and everything it's off season so that's okay yeah. I, i'm so gonna i'm gonna, gonna go stop see anything yeah but i'm gonna go stalk the area i'm gonna go look around i'm gonna find <laughs> restaurants like you don't understand it's a whole thing <laughs> well. oh man one thing one of the one of the good things that my when I, I lived in Dallas for a while, when I lived with my ex-boyfriend, one of the good things he did, one of the good things I did take away from that relationship is he did introduce me to a great Mexican restaurant called Ojeda's. So it's like, when I go back there, it's like, I got to hit that place up again. I've, I haven't been there in a while, but it was, it was a really good place. Oh. Okay. So what, what's the event in uh, August in San Antonio? It's ICW. Okay. Go out there. Yeah. Okay. Are we on it? I don't know. I, I, yeah, I think so. I guess. Okay. Well, I mean, um, if it's open for fans, I mean, definitely let me know and everything. I'll drive. I'll drive out there for it. Yeah. Yeah, because it's like I'm in I'm in Houston, so that's like three hours for me. So. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. We're just like looking because I mean, I don't know how many people he's going to end up flying out there because flights from Jersey are really expensive. Like, so I mean, it's like. It's not really expensive. I mean, it's, it's just really expensive for a promoter. Yeah, like yeah. The, you know, oh yeah, for flights are four hundred a person. So I yeah. don't know how how many of us he's going to be bringing out there for from Jersey wise, but who knows? We'll see. Yeah, de- yeah, definitely and everything. But um, yeah. So it's like, but it's like the good thing about the good thing about Dallas is because it's kind of like Houston. Um, with even if you have stuff like in Grand Prairie or Arlington or Irving and everything, it's actually such in close such close proximity and everything so it's like if you have events like in different places and everything the drive's not going to be too bad so it's like so just what so definitely just wanted to bring that up and everything so (laughs) all right so we had to bring a little fun into this we had like put any more fun to this because we have a we have a married couple on here and everything so we wanted to spruce this up a little bit so we have a little game for you two and so it's basically it's like who does what better or like who's the worst at this and everything like that. So I'm gonna turn this over to uh, Boss Lady Kayla here, and I know some of this you've you've kind of already covered, but we want it officially for the record. 
All right, go ahead, Kayla. Okay, since we've talked about the Mavericks already, I'm going to go ahead and start with this question. Who is more likely to empty the bank account for buying Mavericks merchandise? 100%. 100%. <laughs> <her>. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even close. It's not even close. <laughs> um, who has the craziest moves in the ring? That's probably me. Yeah. yeah. You're way better than me. Who's the worst driver? She's going to say me, but I'm going to say her. (laughs) Tokyo Drift, maybe? I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, Who's the better cook? Who's the better cook? Probably me. Yeah, I would say her. We're both terrible at it. We're both not. We're we're both passable, but she's slightly better. (laughs) All right. Who is always late? That's me, without a question. I just love how he comes out and says that, like, me. Oh, I, love, yeah. I love the honesty. I love, I, love, I love the honesty in the I'm husband. I'm never on time for anything. No. Ever. No. And the last one, who is always bad with directions? That's her. She has, <laughs> she has zero sense of direction. We no, lived just... in New Jersey for, well, she has for now for almost four years. I have my whole life. And she still doesn't know her way around. <laughs> She's like, I'm from New York. I don't know my way around. We've been here for four years. <laughs> If it wasn't if it wasn't for the GPS, I probably wouldn't get around half the time either. So, no, my sense of direction is is not there. It's it's no, I'm terrible. I'm terrible. Yeah, but Jersey roads are stupid. They are. I, they I, are. I guess the highway is the turnpike. And you can't make a U-turn anywhere. It's like can't turn. You can't turn left anywhere. Yeah. It's a pain in the ass. It's like my. I don't want to do no. The road. The whoever created that must have been drunk or high or both. <laughs> Probably. To be fair, New York highways are exactly there are worse. Actually. No, you can make U turns everywhere. Yeah, in New but York. the highway system in New York is awful. Well, technically, the highway system in the whole Northeast is awful. Yeah, I mean, if you ever driven to Connecticut, oh don't get me started on fucking Connecticut. Oh my <laughs> god, it's- the roundabouts in Boston get on my damn nerves because it's like every time I go up there and visit my husband. Uh, our, my husband's side of the family and everything is like yeah. I hate those damn roundabouts. Yeah. Whoever created them didn't have a life. I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah, so I, I would be going up to Maine almost once a month, and um, first shows. And you know, on, on paper, it's about a five and a half hour drive. More times than not, it takes me about seven to eight hours just because of Connecticut traffic. And I'll be driving in like the middle of the night, and there's traffic in in Connecticut. I don't understand <laughs> why. Where are you people going? It's midnight. Mohegan Sun Casino? I guess. I, I mean, there's really not much to do in Connecticut unless it's the fall. But then they're, they're doing road work at all times, no matter yeah. what. There's always road the work. The roads are always bad, yeah. <laughs> well, again, they haven't figured out how to make concrete and uh, asphalt be uh, weather susceptible and the weather, weather there's, I mean, hell, one year they had a tornado. Who the hell has ever heard of a tornado in Connecticut? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Well, I mean, my, my aunt and uncle used to live in Connecticut, so they're from that area. They now live down here in Wilmington, but still, it's just like, you know, you never hear of, like, a tornado ever in, like, the Northeast, rarely. What was it, last last year or two years ago when we were oh. living in, in our old house? I slept through a tornado that touched down outside of my house. When? And, yeah, so I was living in the house in Monroe, oh. and... I slept through a tornado. I woke up in the morning. I came out. There was a tree that crashed down onto the house, and the shed outside was completely flipped over. And I was like, "What 
what the hell happened? And I, I completely slept through it. I had no idea it happened. So I guess you are the heavy sleeper of the family. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. she, she can't sleep here because we have two cats and a dog, and all they do is wind sprints across the house all night long. All night. <laughs> and she's like, I didn't sleep last night. The damn cats were just running around. I was like, I slept they got, The cats go on the headboard now and just jump onto me in the middle of the night. Like, it's just it's a mess. Yeah, and he sleeps through everything, and he falls asleep within That's two great. seconds. I sleep like a baby. My husband does the same thing. My dad's the same I, way. I, I love him, but it pisses me off so much. <laughs> and he snores. He like gets mad at me. He's just like, I didn't sleep because the damn cats. Well, I did. I don't know. What you... And he snores, <laughs> and then every time he snores, he go like this, and he and he wakes up for a second. And he gets so mad at me every time. I'm like, stop <laughs> snoring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, turn over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that that was me in my relationship. She kept poking me. Turn over. No. Yep. <laughs> oh man. All right. Before we let y'all go, uh, y'all got. I mean, I know you said something about. Uh, I know you said, uh, Brandon, that you got one with the uh, Tommy Dreamer coming up in May. But it's like any other events or y'all got coming up right that y'all want. Um, the May one's big for us. He's wrestling Tommy. I'm wrestling Dan Moff. So that's going to be really fun. Okay. And, and June, we have like a big Atlantic City. Yeah, there's a big like uh, weed convention going on in Atlantic City in June. Or something it's called Warlock like Buds. That that's 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 oh, okay. Standalone's running. Yeah, ICW's yeah. running. It's going to be like a whole weekend affair. So that'll be really fun. I'm in a tournament and your, your match wasn't announced yet. So don't announce it. It wasn't? I thought I was in the multi-man match. Oh, that one was announced. Don't announce the end. Oh, yeah. There's another match that I'm not allowed to announce yet. But Okay. That's, that's yeah. cool. Yeah. It's like, I remember, I, I remember did see something about your tournament online already, Casey, and everything. Because yeah. it's like, I saw like. Yeah. The, the one in May, May 22nd. That's the big one. That, that's the next one that's coming up for both of us. So. All right. Awesome. Awesome. Guys, thank you so much for coming on. This has been an absolute blast. Um best of luck with everything and yes definitely hit me up if you do come down to san antonio so i'll, I'll drive out so i can uh, finally meet you two in person all right well we told you this was going to be a fun episode and we're definitely taking a new direction now with this wrestling podcast because um we just happened to come across a comic book series called invasion of planet wrestletopia and this was just like so imaginative, so creative. And we happen to have the writers and creators with us today. We have Ed Cannell and Matt Antian of Suspicious Behavior Productions. Welcome, guys. Welcome. Thank hey, you. thank you for having us. <laughs> uh, no, it's definitely our pleasure. And so uh, we do know that both of y'all are wrestling fans. And we do have a hit, little bit of a tradition on the show that I do need to get out of the way first. Um, so I definitely want to ask both of y'all and I'm gonna start with Matt first and everything. How did you get into wrestling as a fan? Uh, I was probably, I was like four or five years old and it was like, you know, the rock and wrestling era. Uh, and you know, Hulk Hogan was bigger than Coca-Cola at the time. So, you know, like it was just impossible in that, you know, moment to kind of like miss wrestling and, you know, like through that and through Saturday mornings, we had Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling. Um, yeah, I just, I just became a fan. And I watched pretty religiously up until kind of the tail end 
of the Attitude Era. So I, I watched from about like 1985 through like the early 2000s. That was sort of like my prime period of wrestling watching. Cool, cool. And I know Julie's grinning from ear to ear because that's her error. I'll let her get at you too in a second. I'll let her get at you in a second with that. Ed, what about you? So I'm a little older than that. And about to the late 70s, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm maybe six, seven years old. And we, you know, I, I was born in Portland, Oregon. And we ha- just happened to have one of these NWA territories mm-hmm. that was, so it was Pacific Northwest Wrestling. And it was, you know, it was this little territory with local stars and they were just, they were on, you know, we didn't have cable obviously at that point, but they, we, you know, they're on the lo- local channel 12, this independent, um, you know, network TV station. And so I could watch every Saturday, I could watch um, Playboy Buddy Rose and, you know, um, uh, Stan the Man Stasiak and then later on like Billy Jack Haynes and, you um, <clears throat> uh, you know, rip the crippler Oliver and, and just, you know, all, all these, uh, Roddy Piper came through there, uh, and was forever loyal to the, uh, promoter who owned the, the family that owned the, the promotion. He was a forever loyal to them. Mm-hmm. And every once in a while they would have, uh, I went to a couple live events when I was older. So the way these territories worked is, you know, every week they, the local guys would wrestle, but then because they're with affiliated with the NWA, they put on these big shows and so I saw Ric Flair come to town twice to defend, you know, the belt. Um, uh, you know, and, and people, the Road Warriors came and stuff like that. So I grew up kind of on the NWA. And then, of course, you know, Georgia Championship Wrestling. My, my dad, for some reason, was really, really big on getting cable. Like, I didn't even know what cable was. It's, usually it's the kids begging for cable. My dad was obsessed <laughs> with, with getting cable. And all of a sudden, Superstation WTBS from Atlanta was now in the broadcast nationwide so you're watching three hours of georgia championship wrestling with rick flair dusty Rhodes, and then and then of course yeah wwf as it was known at the time yeah went on on national you know television with their what was it like friday night main event or something with and uh i was kind of hooked on all of it you know it was just i was obsessed with it i'd buy all the wrestling magazines every week at the convenience store i had an entire wall of my bedroom covered in like articles and mini posters from pro wrestling illustrated and and was super obsessed with it around you know getting into high school i started to sort of i don't know uh, my interest level f- somewhat faded i guess mm-hmm. um and i largely you know, I have an enormous amount of love and affection and uh and, and, and nostalgic feelings for it but i really missed like the whole attitude era and all that wcw stuff i completely was completely unaware of it until later you know going back and, and looking at it and thinking um man but what a ride i wish i would have <laughs> been there for the Shockmaster. <laughs> um but yeah, I just grew up grew up obsessed with it. I don't know, 14, 15, somewhere around there. Uh, seen quite a few of them live when they came to Portland, both you know, WWF too. And uh, I still love nowadays, I still love like meeting wrestlers um, when I can. I have a picture of myself on the wall there. It's hard to see, but I have a picture of me and King Kong Bundy together. Oh, okay. And uh, collecting their autographs. I love reading all the behind the scenes stuff. You know what I mean? So like the autobiographies and biographies and documentaries of, of stuff that, you know, that explains what happened behind the scenes while you were, while you were a fan, I still love. And 
kind of keep up with what's going on today through social media and stuff, but mm-hmm. uh, I'm not a real active, active fan these days. No, that's quite all right. And it's like, I know it's like everyone's uh, only getting the audio of this and everything, but it's like you talked about Piper and you're wearing a killer Piper shirt there, by the way. <laughs> and um, so it's like, I, I, I'm assuming you're high, you're like super excited to see the A&E biography tonight. Oh, is, oh! Is there, are they doing a Piper special or something tonight? Yeah, the, yeah. The Piper, the Piper ones tonight. I don't know what time though. Um, I will absolutely. Um, yeah, he 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 was a, a he was a big deal in just in Portland. It, it wasn't the first place he ever wrestled, but it was the place I think that kind of made him, I guess, a, a, a star. Or and I saw him wrestle in Portland, and, and bizarrely enough. While he was under contract with WWF, as it was known, and Vince McMahon, he told Vince McMahon, he's like, I will never wrestle in Portland ever for the WWF because I am, you know, he's really loyal to this, uh, the Owens family. Mm-hmm. And he didn't like, but I, but while he was under contract with McMahon, he came and wrestled on one of these, um, <laughs> these big NWA shows. That the the the, Donna, the Owens family promoted. So I got to, got to see him wrestle Playboy Buddy Rose on an NWA show while he was with the WWF. <laughs> uh, bizarrely enough, uh, so I got to watch him wrestle. And he lived uh, in a suburb. It's funny, I was just there yesterday. He lived in a suburb of Portland called Aloha um, up until his death. Mm-hmm. Um, but I never got to like see him wandering around town or anything. I, Okay. That would have made my whole. You life. met his nephew at Rose City Comic Con. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. He just he just came up to our booth, and he's like, "Roddy Piper's my uncle." Was my uncle, <laughs> and we just gave him two free issues. Like, here you go. Oh, sweet, sweet, sweet. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, one last thing before we jump into the comic yeah. and everything. So it's like, how how'd you two hook up as partners? Uh, so both of our first jobs in the video game industry, uh, were, you know, we worked at a studio called High Voltage Software out in the Chicago suburbs, and we just kind of got partnered up. Um, we worked on Leisure Suit Larry Magna Cum Laude. That was the first game we ever wrote. And we actually kind of, we didn't write together until the end of that project when we collaborated on a, on a scene and we just sort of like discovered we had real good chemistry and uh you know we went on to work on a sequel that you know to that game that unfortunately got canceled and for that entire project we just you know we collaborated on every scene together um and then after the game got canceled there was a massive layoff the two of us you know got laid off at the same time We we both had a lot of free time on our hands and we had a lot of ideas in our heads and we're like, let's just start writing screenplays. <laughs> and so, you know, like after the layoff, we started collaborating on screenplays and the first draft of WrestleTopia was actually a screenplay. Oh uh, yeah. It was actually like it originally intended to be, you know, a film. That would be a heavy duty, like anime, sci-fi. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, you can put it like so many fucking categories it's not even funny <laughs> probably like you know for the like this a little probably like niche for like the special effects budget involved with like that the the live action movie 
but uh, yeah, that was that was like over ten years ago. We like collaborated on a screenplay of this. Nice, nice. All right, I'm gonna turn this over to our resident nerdling here, who loves comedy, like loves obsess. I don't know if you want to like call it an obsession or whatever. But... It's not an obsession. It is not an obsession. <laughs> it's a way of life. Ah. Gotcha. And, and when you know you know like when with comics it's a it's a way of life uh my first introduction to graphic novels in all honesty was the killing joke um my cousin was a big batman fan batman is honestly still one of my favorite uh characters um dc wise until they came out with batwoman uh because i love representation within comic books being openly gay and having an openly gay superhero is excellent um so my question one of my first questions for you guys is what made you want to bring comics and wrestling together yeah uh there's i think you know matt had mentioned we we were noodling on the story for a really long time and working in the video game industry and and where we it's a really you know fun job we're grateful to have it and we write you know for video games for for you know companies big and small um, but we don't, you know, we don't, you know, we don't tell a lot of our own stories. So WrestleTopia was kind of our story that we came up with, right? And then we were thinking, man, I, it, it's just such a shame. We we've got to bring the story into the world somehow, right? Because if you if you write, you know, scripts and things, it's nice, but no one wants to read them, right? It, your parents don't even want to read them. It's not, it's, they're not that interesting. But but we thought, okay, so um, comic books. Uh, you know, we can't make our own movie or television show, but but we could maybe make our own comic book, you know, and it took us like three years, but we collaborated with, with our artist, uh, Dan Scotty for the first three, Kendall Good for the, for the last three. Um, and again, this is, in, you know, Invasion from Planet WrestleTopia, the miniseries for, for people who are listening, six issues. We finished the, the, the six issues. We had colorists. Um, we hired professionals to, to make this issue and 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 really the, the impetus was if, if we could just put this story out there in the world and have it exist. Like we, I, we just love this story. I guess that's what it was. we love this story. We loved wrestling growing up. It meant a lot to us. And I thought if we could put this out there in the world, you, you, we'd be happy. You know, if nobody cared, if nobody ever paid attention to it, um, at least, at least it exists, if that makes sense. And uh, it, it, it did take three years and it was, it was no small amount of money, <laughs> but, 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 but we did it, um, you know, with the support of our, of our wives and our, our families. And we did it without spending, you know, the mortgage money or anything like that. So that's kind of where we're at. I mean, we, we finished it, uh, but we're, we're going to, uh, you know, they're available digitally, but we're going to launch a Kickstarter, I think May 11th to put the whole thing in a, in a, in, a, in like a trade, you know, to, to make print copies of like a trade. And, um, and we're really happy with it. You know, it was our first comic book. Um, uh, and it's, you know, it, we're just really, really happy that people can, can read it and enjoy it. And the response has been great. We've, we've gotten, you know, great response from wrestling fans and comic book fans and, and, you know, for the, the people who are both, and it's a, a pretty diverse group too of fans that really respond to it and, and dig it, and that so it, it, that's also been hugely gratifying. But um, yeah, I mean, and, and maybe in, in a sense, it's like you can only tell this story 
in a comic book, right? Because if you can imagine something in your head, the artist can draw it. Like, I don't really know how you would do this as a movie um, unless it was animated, you know, like you were saying. Um, hopefully we'll find out one day, but, uh, <laughs> but, but comic books may be the perfect medium to tell a story like Invasion from Planet Wrestletopia, which is pretty, pretty outlandish. I just want a uh, an action figure of Kodiak Jack, please, with a championship belt. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's funny, like so. Kodiak Jack has is is in there for like maybe two pages, and that's the one character that everyone <laughs> sort of latches <laughs> onto. We've even considered if like we had the money. For, like of doing a special like one shot just about Kodiak Jack. <laughs> we have a idea. For, we have a great idea. Yeah, we, we, <laughs> well, you you, need, you idea need the origin we... story. You need yeah. the origin <laughs> yeah. story. Oh yeah, actually that's a good point. We, we we had this great idea for like you could see all what happened to him after the invasion, you know, and he escapes like his handlers, but but you could also flash back to like you know how did he get into it. I, I love that you pointed out, you pointed out, I think my favorite thing about Kodiak Jack, the wrestling bear, is that in the first issue, he actually wins a belt, which I found hysterical. Like, <laughs> like it's one thing to wrestle a bear, but then to like let him win the strap or, you know, or to tell a wrestler, I think the wrestler he wrestles is Cousin Orville, like this hillbilly wrestler, and to say, yeah, you're dropping the strap tonight. Uh, oh, really? To who? who, who uh, well, the bear. You're, you're going you're gonna to drop the belt to the, to the bear. Kayla said that was her, one of her favorite parts. <laughs> it was. It like it reeled me in. It's just like that moment. He started like what I liked about reading it. It was like first thing because you know as a writer and everything, you know, I started thinking the creative and the imagination, and I just, you know, first thing that popped in my head was you know like Vince McMahon or somebody trying to say, hey, you're losing the title to this. And, he, you know, yeah. this big old bear yeah. come out. And it's like, yeah. but yeah, you, I enjoyed that. You would not put it past Vince McMahon. Phil. <laughs> Bookers and I have been talking. Uh, we, we've got, uh, you know, change of plans for tonight with, with you and the, and the, you know, the bear that you're wrestling. Uh, you know, you, you, I'm surprised it hasn't happened. You know, don't worry. He might bite and scratch. It'll be okay. <laughs> Roddy Piper actually did have to wrestle a bear at some point in his career. Victor the bear, apparently. That's amazing. So <laughs> <laughs> I have to go back. So there, there's got to be footage of that somewhere. Oh, um, yeah. He tells the story, and you can find it on YouTube, where he, he's been interviewed by like a radio, you know, some radio station, and he tells the whole story of the night he wrestled Victor the bear. It's pretty hysterical. Worth looking up. Definitely. So about your characters were they based off of any wrestlers that you used to uh like growing up or you know and also can you make you should definitely uh think about putting them in pins as well i think that would be awesome (laughs) people love collecting cool pins and i think that these all the six characters that i'm looking at uh are the boy scout cousin orville spanish rose don fong Juan, rock and roll and kodiak like pins would just be epic for it we are actually for the Kickstarter. We we redesigned those cards, and we're gonna have physical trading cards available for one of our reward tiers. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Sweet. Now pins. If this takes off, and if this becomes a success, <laughs> then we can start talking pins because I would love to have pins. <laughs> um. Yeah. We like so. In some cases, they're sort of like amalgams of various different like real wrestlers, like Roy Landell. 
uh, superstar Billy Graham was a huge influence on him. But there's also, you know, there's some Ric Flair in there. There's especially like in, in his personal life, there's some Jake the Snake Roberts. Um, we kind of just like we, we, we took sort of bits and pieces from wrestlers that we liked or we thought would sort of like work in the narrative and sort of, you know, presented those to our artists and just sort of had them riff off of like, you know, use that as a foundation, but you're the artist, you know, design the character you want to design. The one people always get kind of mixed up is Adrian Polaris is actually based on Adrian Street, not Adrian Adonis. <laughs> um, and then Don was sort of, you know, his, his gimmick is sort of like a combination of uh, Ernie Roth, the wizard and Mr. Fuji. And then sort of as a personality, he's more kind of Freddie Blassie. I was going to say Freddie Blassie and possibly a little bit of Sergeant Slaughter. But <laughs> in his in his sort of like yeah. toughness. Yeah. His, his take no BS attitude. Yeah. Yeah. Blassie, I think Blassie seemed pretty hard nosed. And he, I think what we also took out of Blassie was he, if we're reading between the lines correctly, you know, Blassie was not one for drinking or I'm, I'm guessing, you know, not one for, for mind altering substances, but if he had an Achilles heel, it might've been, you know, it, it might've been his sex life, right? He might've been a little. Wouldn't uh, that have been flares too? Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, sex life and alcohol. He might be a multi. Double whammy there. Multifaceted. <laughs> yeah. Now, I read Freddie Blassie's autobiography, and yeah, his sex life was definitely his Achilles heel. <laughs> it was, I'll leave well, it. I'll leave it up to the audience to read it. I'm not going to go into any details about the stories he tells. We all have our things, but uh, he uh, sex was probably Blassie's uh, Blassie's crutch, apparently. So, uh, Mr. H- Hondo looks kind of familiar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah like we we just blatantly like said we're gonna make an announcing team based on uh jesse ventura and gorilla Matsu. that that was sort of like you know our like i just i love the dynamic that they had you know the, the heel and face announcer dynamic and ed kind of took over writing most of their dialogue <laughs> yeah yeah and it, it, it you know, on, it was also you know Bobby the Brain Heenan. There's a little bit of of him in I think uh, Larry uh, Mondo uh, <clears throat> as well because he was also great with with um, Gorilla Monsoon. I mean, the, you know, they're they're fantastic. Um, so there's a little bit of that. Yeah, yeah. But most of these characters are yeah these sort of amalgams of of guys we loved growing up. Um, you know. And uh, it's interesting. People see, yeah, people see a lot of their their favorite wrestlers in different characters, and it's interesting to see like who they, you know, who they see in some of these guys. You know, you know, what I mean, it's it's really it's really cool. It's like the Boy Scout. You can actually say is kind of like John Cena of today. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it was funny because like we we actually like Bob Backlund was the model yeah. for him, <laughs> yeah. but our artist was like, well, he's John. Like definitely, like if you look at that art, like took John Cena as as the physical model for him. But, the, the, the sad thing is I see, I see Cousin Orville and I think of Backlund because the skinniness <laughs> and, and the face. <laughs> I, yeah, we, you know, it's like the chick, his chicken wing and he's, I was like, oh God, that's Backlund. That's Backlund. <laughs> what I loved about, when I look back on wrestling, I, 
I think I appreciate more, you know, like when I was, I think, I think when, when the WWF was, had really kind of taken over and, you know, maybe as a 12, 13, 14 year old and you're, and you sort of, you know, you're, you're kind of a, a, you know, think you, you know, everything and you're a little, you know, world weary, right. At 14. And so I would look at some of these, some of the gimmicks of the WWF and, and roll my eyes. But now, now when I look back, I really have some some affection and fondness for like Hillbilly Jim, Uncle Elmer, <laughs> Cousin Junior, right, right, and then all these other guys. Uh, yeah, so, um, uh, you know, I, I, Matt came up with Cousin Orville, and I thought it was, yeah. I thought it was just hysterical. It just reminded me of of you know that the Hillbilly family from WWF at the time, which was great. So, if you do get this up and going, are you going to do more? episodes are you going to turn it into maybe animated or well i think we will so we're, so may 11th we're gonna um we're going to launch this kickstarter that's going to be it's gonna be really fun because it'll collect all six issues into a into a printed volume and like matt said we'll make some of these these cool trading cards and things but hopefully hopefully you know should that succeed we will be able to make you know, more comics. And I think what we'd like to do is a, is a totally different mini series, but then come back to WrestleTopia and, 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 and what we're thinking maybe is if, if we can, you know, to do a couple one shots, like we said, one with Kodiak Jack and one with Althea, possibly Don's girlfriend, but, but, but uh, more to the point, I think with WrestleTopia is, yeah, we need like to do a, a, another story arc, another, you know, mini series that tells a new story. Um, and, uh, it, it, you know, it, it, that takes place possibly before the events. Uh, On Planet WrestleTopia itself. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, is that something, how, you know, it, you just, in the first issue, you sort of get a glimpse of that. You know, there's a, there's like one scene in the champion's uh, palace, and that's it. And, you know, beyond that, there's just little sort of hints of WrestleTopia and its culture. And, I, you know, I know, like, we are interested you know we want to do something else for you know first but interested in maybe exploring that a little deeper that would definitely be cool because like this like you said like this mainly focused on the the earth wrestlers i would definitely love to see more backstories uh like i said kodiak jack was definitely <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna have to be in there somewhere We're gonna have yeah to... <laughs> i mean that, 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 that has to be something like you know how does this or something it's like I, yeah i would love like you know an anthology of like just like the origin story comics, like one offs for each, like you know, so we know where some of the the non major players are uh, focused on. But no, this is actually very entertaining. Um, I love reading obscure comics, and I actually was I didn't get to finish all of it because I've been up and down uh, with work and everything like that. I've been sick a little bit, but yeah, no, when I first read this, like I read like the first four within a, like an hour span because I loved it. The artist, the artist, uh, I will honestly say this is absolutely fan fucking tastic. Um, yes. yes, definitely. Uh, I love the two different styles. Like, there's a couple different styles. And I love when they do, when you do comics like that, where, like, where you draw it in different styles, but it's still the same story. I love that. It, like, you know, it's like, okay, what's this artist? Okay, what's this artist going to do? Absolutely love it. Like, you know, I've, like, like I was, we were talking before we started recording, like, you know, I've read multiple different comics. I read multiple different anthologies. Like, um, one of the ones that I was really into 
couple years ago was the runaways by marvel but that's because they had their tv series out on hulu okay. and you know yeah. so i'm the, i loved reading that like i made sure i got one by joss whedon because i knew that story was going to be good because you know he's actually he's a very good writer even though like all the stuff that's coming out now about him but the dude's a very good writer he knows what he's doing when it comes to writing um getting the killing joke anything by greg caputo or frank miller you know those writers are absolutely like epic and the artists are absolutely epic um but like i love i absolutely love the art and all of this like i i mean the art is fantastic to be i we wanted to hire professionals we wanted to look good and um and so we did we had dan scotty do the art for the first three issues with some help uh on issue three from uh, david Hahn. And it was hard. What we found out is, you know, we, we paid, all the artists were paid. We didn't want to ask people to, to work for free or, or say, oh, you'll get, you know, a piece of the, the profits and, and, you know, because there usually are none. Um, but it was still hard to keep a team of independent uh, artists together uh, for the series. Um, it wasn't necessarily intentional. I mean, we were, it all worked out fantastic. And, but uh, for those first three issues was Dan Scotty, a little help with, from issue three from David Hahn. On colors was Marissa Louise, uh, and both and all those guys have done a lot of work for Marvel and DC and Dark Horse uh, collectively. Uh, um, lettering um, Dave Lanfear, who's worked for everybody. Then the, you get to the back half of the series, and we had Kendall Good take over. He, he actually has done uh, worked on WW, excuse me, WWE Comics for Boom. Um, colors, well, issue four we had Jason Lewis stand in and then five and six uh, geo butler really uh, you know really talented colorist in the uk and on the back half was a we call him slippery sal slippery Kano <laughs> did the lettering and th- yeah they did a fantastic job they're all professionals um and we, we, we were really glad and then part of like hiring professionals was like you, you can um transition from one artist to the other without it and they have their own style but it doesn't it's not so jarring and and that it's you know distracting it's like um a lot of some people don't even notice when they read through the yeah. series that there's <laughs> so many so many many different artists <laughs> brought in because um we, we, you know when you're independent like matt and i and you're even if you're paying people their rate if they get a call from dc to say hey we need, you know, you to color this, uh, this, you know, this issue. Um, As you know, Marissa did. In like five days. Um, they can't say no, right, to DC or or Marvel. Oh, or, yeah, or, no. Or, <laughs> they can't. So, you know, we'd say, yeah, we'd say, hey, no problem. You know, we, we, we would delay things or, or in some cases we just, they just said like, I, I gotta, I gotta, I just can't do this. I gotta, you know, I gotta hand the baton to somebody else. Um Dan Scotty got really busy with his own web comic, uh, which is great, you know, but we, we, we lost him after three issues. So, um, yeah. uh, but it, it, they, it, it's, they do a fantastic job. Um, uh, Even like Geo doesn't, she didn't have a ton of experience outside of, I think, Halicious, but I think she's going to be working I, she's I, she does my favorite colors on the series. I hate playing favorites, but <laughs> I, I love the color work she did in issues five and six. And I think she's going to be like a huge. I think you know within the next five years. I think I, I'm hoping that the rest of the industry kind of discovers 
how good she is and she's working for marvel dc or image um yeah she's great uh, that's a good point like i she does it's amazing work um but i don't know how much previous comic how many previous comic books she really did before us but uh she deserves yeah, i think it was the one series i think that she was deserves there. to be working for the the big two absolutely yeah, no, the coloring is fantastic in the last two. I mean, the color, like I said, the coloring overall, the artist overall, the writing, the blocking, everything was just absolutely fantastic. Um, you know, we were talking about going to cons. Like, you see when you're in Artist Alley or you're in buying the comics, like, you see multitudes, and you, you can tell which ones are like, eh, the, the, <laughs> it could be a little bit better, but, like, so the Artist Alley is some of the best best places to be. Um, and, yeah, this this the one that colored uh, the five and six definitely needs to be picked up by the big two. Yeah. She's, she, she did amazing. amazing. Yeah, she's young too. She's, I think she's like only in her like mid twenties, but she's already, I, she's working to me. You know, in my eyes, she's working like at a, at like a, at a rate at a, uh, you know, her expertise is at a level where she could be absolutely like big time. And, you know, I, I only wish the best for her. And of course, you know, everyone else we worked with. Yeah, we'd, like to hire, we'd like to hire them all again. Um, that last team or was just a killer with Kendall, Gio, and Sal. Um, yeah. You really get appreciation too for, you know, it's it's one thing to write a script and, and you know, we, we, we worked hard to try to make them you know, as good as they could possibly be. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really one thing to write a script versus to have to draw like 32 pages of panels and you know it's, this it's it's a lot of work um and and to color and to letter it, it, it they have the hard job it's kind of nice like we were in video games where you know you're, you're working with dozens of people and um you're working on on a story that's maybe non-linear you know and uh and then to go from that to having all this creative freedom because we're paying for it right we could do anything we want <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And to have to work with like three artists, but one at a, kind of one at a time, more or less, and the story's linear. It, it was working comics. It, it, I, I can see how it, 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 again it's hard, and 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 um, I can see where you know, people say things like, "Oh, it's a miracle that any comic gets made," and I and I kind of get that now. But compared to a video game, oh man, is it <laughs> is it at least more? The process is at least a lot more straightforward, right? Again, you know, imagine you have a project with three artists in, and they're each going to take a turn, their turn versus, you know, 16 artists all working simultaneously on the same effort. It's just, it was a breath of fresh air comic books. I wish, you know, uh, I wish it was more, you know, it's, it's, it's hard for comic book creators. Like I said, we have day jobs and yeah. uh, um, I wish it were more like the video game industry where, it, it, where it's at least potentially more lucrative that or you know so that you can keep keep making comics and not be poor <laughs> i mean it's like that that's kind of what i tell other people because it's like with podcasts you see a lot of them like yeah. putting out shows like every day two or three times a week and stuff like that i have to tell people like uh we all have like different work schedules and everything so sunday's really the only time that we can get together to record anything yeah 
So that's why it's that's the reason why I tell everybody we're only once a week because mainly because of our work schedules. It's like if we get like if we get a little further down the line with like some good sponsorship where we don't have to work day jobs and everything like that, hell, we we'd be able to do more shows a week. I thought yeah. I saw you have a sponsor. Should is, is that true? Uh, did I see that on your website? Or am I? Uh... Oh no, we we're we sponsor. Um, okay. What, w- no, what we do is we uh donate and sponsor like indie uh indie shows oh very cool nice you're yeah like a, you're like a promoter <laughs> kind of a little a little bit and everything but no as far as like us having our own sponsor no no we uh no we don't have one yet <laughs> fingers <Yeah>. crossed <laughs> yeah it's tough i imagine that you're like you're, you're essentially paying to to have a podcast which is which you love but it's yeah, it's um, yeah. I wish it were more, uh, I mean, lucrative, not just for us, but but when you when you see uh, prominent comic book artists on Twitter talk about how broke they are, and you're like, oh man, that person has been doing this at a high level for a long time. <laughs> like, what what's going on? Right. And, um, at least in the video game industry, I think you you you, it's it's definitely um. A risky, somewhat risky in terms of you know it, it, it's a hit driven and and if you're if you're working on a game and it's not a hit you you could be laid off, um, but at least in the video game industry it's it's more it's it's much more common to draw a annual salary, um, and uh, you know and to have have health you know it's just it's it's a lot more common to to have you know to, if you join a, a a large studio to have a salary and benefits even if you're vastly overworked <laughs> and if your game does okay, you know, you, 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 and some people get, get, um, you know, revenue sharing and, and all this other stuff. It, right. Um, comic books, it seems like um, there's, there's, there's very little, if not none of that, you know, exists. Oh, well, I also think like, you know, with the, sadly with the pandemic, a lot of the comic book creators that would make a lot of their revenue yeah. couldn't do any of the cons. Yeah. Um that was interesting or you know eye-opening to see and you know because i i know a lot of guys um that are just locals and like they would they the same with wrestling you know last year with no WrestleCon or any of the indie shows um it really hurt the indie independent scene for wrestling because rest the week before wrestlemania is like you know the week of wrestlemania is when all these independent wrestlers come they have WrestleCon. you've got access yeah. you have so much stuff going on for wrestling as a whole it's not just the wwe or aew or impact it's, it's basically wrestling as a whole during that week and you know it's one of like the most uh fun times you know for anybody and like i know like, the the person that we just interviewed uh, casey she and her husband were doing shows down in florida you know for the first time during wrestlemania week and i i knew people that were um you know supposed to be doing it but they couldn't last year because everything got taken away you know it's just it's uh, it's got to be yeah we heard we we have you know we've made some friends in the comic book industry since then and it's like that that is their income is um going to shows and doing like commissions or or or, uh you know we we know somebody who you know they're real talented comic book artists but they go to shows to sell um uh illustrations of like sports heroes and sports figures that people love and they he, he sells a lot of them did, did quite well for himself until this pandemic um 
I would love to on my bucket list, honestly, is, is I, I would love to go to town wherever WrestleMania is being held. I'd love to go there and go to all those other conferences you just mentioned. Like I can almost skip the actual WrestleMania and just want to go to like all these crazy. I think when, when they, the last one they did in New Orleans, and I was just watching like you know people post you know videos and things about all these crazy independent shows, and then what'd you call? Is it WrestleCon? Yeah, they have like a WrestleCon that goes yeah. on, which is like it's like a lot of the independent or like ROH, AEW stars, some um, Hall of Famers go to that if they're not working yeah. the a- WWE at the time. Yeah. Like Jake the Snake Roberts, I think was that was at that. I was so jealous. And then somebody posted like footage of like Matt Hardy walking down Bourbon Street, like doing his gimmick. You know, the woke sort of like the, the spiritual Matt Hardy gimmick, whatever. Okay, where, yeah. <laughs> and, and and people were just flocking around him, and he was like, you know, deleting their negative vibes from their self conscious. <laughs> <laughs> I was so jealous. I was like, oh man, I would love like I. I even if I didn't have, I would just love to just soak up the vibe and go to those smaller shows. And then at the, somebody the same weekend posted, uh, Jerry Lawler wrestled somebody and uh, whoever it was used like a flamethrower or no, he, Jerry Lawler used like a tiny little like flamethrower to set fire to somebody's crotch. And I was just like, <laughs> I was like, Whoa. why am I not there? Yeah. It was really <laughs> weird. Like, he I'm shocked to, that wasn't reversed. <laughs> he had like a he had like his crown gimmicked so that a little flame erupted from the top. Like maybe he had a lighter stuck underneath it, and then just had like a some kind of spray aerosol spray, and just you know blasted this guy's you know in the junk with with a with a burst of flame. You know, and I was just like, oh man, how am I not? How, that is good. That's good wrestling, right? Like how do you? How am I not there? Why am I not? <laughs> speaking of uh, speaking of Jerry, um, he works with Headlocked Comics, and yeah. does, like that man that does the Headlocked, I have gotten I think two pieces of his art. One was a Becky Lynch, the double belt, and one was a Bray Wyatt as the Fiend. Like that guy is absolutely amazing. Um, yeah, like they do. They he does New York all the time. He has a booth that he sets up top, and like. That's how I met Lita and Trish. Huh. I could I could have met Joey Janela, but I was like, nah, I'm okay. <laughs> yeah, I love. I, yeah, I'm sorry. I, I haven't really watched him wrestle or anything, but I love his gimmick. Just kind of like a Jersey slime ball. <laughs> yeah, I deal enough with that as is. When I used to work in Philly, I'm like, I nah, dude, nah. Uh, I, I, I'm I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> And it was sad the one time they had Christian there and nobody wanted to meet him. I, 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 I mean, I, I, like I said, I missed a lot of that era, but I loved Christian. I, at, the, at the time, I was buying all the video games every year. I played with my kids. I just, I just thought Christian was cool. I, I, I dug Christian. I <laughs> he, he just kind of withers without edge in a room, you know. <laughs> yeah, I gotta kind of admit to that one, but no. This this was great. Thank you guys so much. Um, I appreciate you guys nerding out with me a little bit. Yeah, well, thanks for having us on, and thanks for um, checking out the comics. And, and it's like I said, it's really really cool to the response from wrestling fans has been, been great. It's really cool to uh, to kind of get people's thoughts on it. And 
Well, uh, well, I don't want to sign off just yet and everything oh, because oh. it's because it's like I want I want to give uh, Boston, no, 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 Boston, no, 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 no. I was saying thank you on my part. I was I was letting oh, you yeah. guys you guys go. This was my nerding out is done. So it's <laughs> it's up to you guys right now. No, no, no. Okay, no, because it's like uh, I know Kayla's been uh, patiently waiting over there to get her two cents in. All right, so Kayla, what'd you think about the comic and everything? So, because go ahead. Um, like I stated before, um, the bear was you know definitely you know it's like I said, the first thing you come to your mind is Vince McMahon. Is he doing you know is this something you could see you know um like we stated the graphics the um just some of the different actions you know felt like you were there um and then most of all i really liked the part where it says it did say he escaped his handlers do not take (laughs) photos and give it alcohol so and i think you know it it was just great and it kept me interested i mean i admit i am not a big comic book fan but this actually willed me in you know to actually want to keep continuing to read and part that it's part of wrestling you know, makes it even more better. It kept me interested. So, um, but all, I really enjoyed it. And I really think it would be a kick-ass animated sci-fi out of the ordinary movie. So it would, I think, right? Somewhere we did write, uh, and it went absolutely nowhere. We wrote like an adult swim pitch for this, like as a series, as an animated series. And we sent it to like my cousin, uh, his best friend is an agent at one of like the big three agencies out in LA. And he couldn't have been less interested <laughs> in trying to sell it. But yeah, we did, we, we do have like a whole like animated series pitch. So, you know, if this finds an audience, let's, let's hold out hope someday, you know, it'll be on TV screens across the globe. Well, you got my vote if it comes out. I'll watch it. And, you know, because <laughs> I mean, vice versa, you know, seeing it, you know, a lot of people will look at that and be like, eh, you know, if you don't find entertaining, you know, it's definitely going to be entertaining, vice versa, what's already on the TV nowadays, you know. So, I mean, yeah. to be honest with you, I think I limit it, you know, my TV watching to like maybe two or three, like I'll, you know, do The Walking Dead, um, obviously, Raw, SmackDown. AEW NXT and I'll watch the mass singer. That's pretty and maybe Miz and, and Miz and Mrs. That's it. That's my, you know, TV series. You know, I don't really watch, you know, too much. So, but if it ever becomes but, adult swim series, definitely. Well, what's been fun about this one, you know, Vision Planet WrestleTopia is um, you know, we kind of send it to every anybody, right? We we're really interested to hear to hear what what wrestling, you know, podcasters and and then, you know, there's a lot of people that review comic books and, um, you know, uh, have comic book podcasts and they range from like, you know, the, the real professional to just, you know, people who, people like yourselves who love to, love to, you know, BS about comic books, right. Or wrestling. But it's, so it's been really interesting. What's been really gratifying is we've had a lot of comic book fans. A lot of them say like, you know, I've never been into wrestling. I've just, it's just never been my thing, but I really, really dig this comic book. I dig this story. And and then vice versa, you know, people like yourselves are like, well, you know, I'm a wrestling fan, not really into comics so much, but I really, really dug this, you know, uh, I really, really dug this story. You don't have to be a wrestling fan, I think, to enjoy it. It certainly uh, helps, though, right? Especially if you're not, like you said, if you're not a comic book fan, but you love wrestling, I think there's a good chance you'll dig it. Um, so that's been really great. That's been really gratifying. 
is just is uh, to kind of the response from both both camps, I suppose. And of course, there's a lot of overlap, like you mentioned. We talked about headlock, headlocked, and uh, Jerry the King Lawler. We got his attention once. He, he I, I can't remember why, but um, we tweeted. We, we, it was a long time ago. But we tweeted the cover of the first issue at him, and he retweeted it. He said, "Oh boy, this looks cool." And uh, I thought, "Oh man, it's going to change our life. This is going to be." <laughs> It was like 15 people, you know, retweeted it there. You know, it, it was fine. But, but, uh, uh, I went yeah. to his barbecue. Uh, he has a barbecue <laughs> restaurant in Memphis and I was yeah. visiting Memphis with my wife and I actually stopped by hoping he was there and he was out of town, but like his buddy who runs it kind of like took me behind the scenes of the uh. And I, I gave, uh, you know, I had like an envelope, like a manila envelope all prepared with the first two issues. And I, I signed them and gave them, you know, a little note to Jerry. Never heard anything back, but you know, he's busy. <laughs> well, yeah, busy. But uh, yeah, it, it's um, you know, it, it's like I said, it's just been fun. I'm glad we put it out as a comic book. Um, I think that it, it may be the best medium for it. Um, I really love that it's out there. It's it's it, and, and like I said, it, you know, it's it it has been interesting. It, it we feel like we have. Like I said, the response has been really, really great. Um, there are certainly a, a good number of people that are aware of it, but um, I guess it's it is hard to to connect it with with a, with a with a wide audience or a big audience when your 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 platform is is just uh, the two of you and um, um, you know it's on Amazon Kindle right now. It'll it's it'll be on Comicsology before too long, but. Um, yeah, we were just hoping to to do the Kickstarter, especially might help really connect it with with a, with a larger audience that'll that'll discover it and um, and 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 I think you know people still want those printed copies, right? Like we all want those the printed copy mm-hmm. of our books. So hopefully that'll that'll make a big difference to people. But um, it's been gratifying no matter what. You know, it's just been yeah, really cool. Well, I definitely wanted to print a copy. Just. Put that out there. <laughs> oh yeah! Oh yeah! <laughs> it's coming! It's coming! We, 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 will hopefully happen is you know we, we can print a lot and we'll have extra you know some some promotional copies that we'll set aside. So we but, got a beautiful painted cover uh, from our friend from the video game industry who went on to work for Disney and I was working for Netflix Animation. Nice. And yeah, he just did this incredible cover for the uh, paperback uh version of it and then we're, we're doing sort of like a we're doing we're going to offer through kickstarter a hardbound edition which is sort of like modeled after sort of like a mid late 80s wrestling magazine so that will be a lot of fun once this goes live next month uh no definitely and of course it's like um whenever y'all get the links for it and everything definitely send it our way and we'll help yeah. uh, we'll help spread it for you thank you uh no, it's like one thing, especially after y'all telling me like how like the colors and the artistry came about and everything. It's like because everything you can tell, like whoever you got to work on this was like so professional because it's like you can't tell the difference on anything. Everything was just like smooth sailing and it's just like extremely well done. So it's like I love a good story uh, because it's like with Kayla and me, we're both writers and stuff like that. But it's just like, yeah, the artistry and the is like phenomenal job. Phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, that would be more people need to see. You know, the artist did such a, an amazing job that that 
would be gratifying to, to get it in more people's hands and it'll be you know really cool to see it in print you know um yeah their artwork in print i think will be really cool it'll be it'll be a nice book um so uh yeah we're a little you know we're excited about it um you know it's a little nerve-wracking it's our first kickstarter and uh yeah uh, but uh we're yeah we're excited and optimistic it'll it'll uh very sweet very sweet and matt thank you so much for coming on thank you for reaching out thank to you. us it's like we enjoyed the comic book so much and it's just like we just can't wait to see what happens with the kickstarter and the additional issues uh down the road yeah yeah well you'll you'll hear again from us um you know like i said the kickstarter may 11th but but then we're we are hoping to make um make more original stories uh including you know uh, those from the world of WrestleTopia. So um, uh, you, you've not heard the last of us. We will, we will be back. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, that's all we have for this episode of the Queen's Takeover. Thank you so much for joining us and tune in next time as the takeover continues. Y'all have a good one. Bye.